You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Moose Michaels with you. Be sure to listen to us on the brand new Himalaya podcast app. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Rate and review us. Good, bad, and different. I want to hear what you got to say. Special show today. Uh, Cardinals coming off a four-game sweep at the Dodgers. Dramatic fashion. So many storylines in that game uh, from yesterday. Or today, I guess, as I'm recording this. But we're going to touch on that very briefly. We have a very special guest, Mr. Uh, Jeffrey Carr from the Locked on Reds podcast. We like to do this. Let's give you some uh, applause, Jeff. How you doing? Moose, how you doing, man? Doing all right, brother. And uh, so both our teams coming off of uh, sweeps. You guys swept the Marlins. We just swept the Dodgers. And now we're heading down to Old Mexico for a, a nice little two-game series. Yeah, we got a very interesting locale for a rather big rivalry matchup. Yeah, and I got a question. Who who determined that the Reds were going to be the home team? Not that it, I mean, I don't <laughs> care either way, but it's in Monterey, Mexico. So they do like a coin flip or how did it work? I'd like to say they did a coin flip, but part of me thinks that the league office looked at our attendance numbers last year and they said, yeah, maybe let's give them some help there. Oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> I mean, it was, unfortunately, it was the lowest that they'd had um, in a while. I want to say, you know, it, it, it was a while. I forget the number off the top of my head, but uh, definitely the year that they're looking to bounce back. Um, I kind of say that more in jest, but I was thinking about part of that. I'm like, man, how did we get, I mean, St. Louis is closer, like don't, you know, dibs, but uh, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> well, I, you know, when, I, when, you, when you take a look at it, though, and I don't know if you've watched any other games from around baseball, but a lot of these stadiums, I'm sad to say, are looking a little empty. Even, the, even Bush Stadium has been looking a little empty here of late. Now, they're claiming sellouts, and I'm sure they're season ticket holders and things like that. They're just not showing up to the games, but what, the, the White Sox game from yesterday or the day before, I'm pretty sure the only people there were the players in the umps. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. On opening day, the Reds set a record for regular season attendance and most in a game. And then two days later, it was like 35 degrees. And for their or yeah, for their second game, they set the least amount of people. They, there was only 7,000 people at the ballpark, and it was a ghost town. Well, I... It's, it's going to get better as the weather gets warmer, too. So we got the uh, Cardinals. We got the Reds. They're going to do that two-game series starting uh, tomorrow night uh, down there in Monterey, Mexico. And it, it should be a really a really fun matchup. I'm sure it's going to be one of the uh, uh, first of many times. And, I, Jeff, I don't know about you. I always feel like the Reds own the Cardinals. They always have. I feel like no matter what the Cardinals do, they can't. They, it's just something about the Reds where they always, always get them. Now, we're, we're a little bit early on in the season. The Cardinals are 7-5. Uh, and five. Are they 7-5? and five? I can't ever remember now off the top of my head. They, the Cardinals, are 8-5. and five. They're 8-5. and five. They won today. Dude, when you have, nice. a, when you have an 8-month-old son, like all numbers just right out the top of your head. 
Um, <laughs> and the Reds are currently four and eight. So as we're twelve games in, what do you see about the Reds? What do you like them, or what do you like about them? And uh, what, what, like, how do you, how do you see them going forward? Well, I tell you, I'm feeling a lot better about them right now than I did four days ago. You know, back on Monday was a little bit of a rough patch, you know, losing eight straight and just having absolutely no offense. And then the wonderful Miami Marlins come to town and it just felt like they were the get right medicine for the Reds. Now the Reds are four and eight and we're sitting in a position where we're like, hey, you know, if we can take one game this weekend or something like that, we're going to get all those people that were saying they were jumping off the bandwagon to jump right back on. And then everyone's back excited again. It's just, you know, they went through a tough start to where everyone was thinking, oh, man, maybe they're worse. And. You know, we live in a society that is instant gratification, instant reaction, you know, especially sports. We've all learned to gear our fandom toward a football philosophy, and you can't do that with baseball. You know, eight-game losing streak sucks at any point during the season, but there's always that point where, you know, as Dusty Baker used to say, water's going to find its level, and you know, it kind of helped these last three games. So I think the spirits are starting to turn back up. And I think that they are ready to go for the season I, I, for this series. I think they're a little bit looser than they might have been had they not just swept the Marlins. Well, you know, and I always thought the Reds were probably uh, and I still think a lot of people aren't giving them enough credit. Uh, you know, they, there was that whole thing with um where Puig got suspended and uh, Derek Dietrich was pimping his home run and all that business. By the way, I loved seeing Puig try to take on the entire Pirates bench, which was great. <laughs> yeah. um, that pic, that picture was phenomenal. <laughs> Whoever got that picture, like, I hope they, they got promoted. They should. They absolutely should. I mean, Puig, I'm not going to lie, gets on my nerves a lot. He always did when he was with the Dodgers. I'm, not, I'm, I'm more of an unwritten rules kind of guy. I don't like the flipping the bats and the pimping the home runs. None of that. And about the and about the same on the same token, I also don't like pitchers who fist pump and do cartwheels off the mound every time they strike out a guy. Um, that being said, this team is going to be coming together probably a lot better than I think people realize. I feel like when Puig catches fire, when Kemp gets going, because I, one thing I love about Cincinnati. And one thing I hate about Cincinnati is the Great American Ballpark is a bandstand. There's no yeah. reason not to think that Puig and Kemp uh, can't each get close between 25 and 30 home runs apiece in that ballpark. Well, and we had a perfect example just today. You know, it was an afternoon game, and Eugenio Suarez hit one of those, like, soft, high-line drives toward the left field foul pole, and it literally hit the base of the foul pole just above the wall. So it was a home run, but it's like one of those that, like, even he started running out of the gate thinking it was going to hit the wall. Like, no one thought this was a home run, and then – you know, it's that first row at Great American Ballpark. That stuff just, it's like that black hole they took a picture of the other day. It just pulls baseballs into it. Now, see, that that's Chris Davis's uh, batting average. Yeah. Is, is what's going exactly. on uh, Yeah, that, that home run that uh, Suarez hit, 340 feet. I saw that. I'm like, that must have just been one of those little, little cheap, and I don't mean cheap in like a derogatory way, but one of those little cheap home runs that, you know, just barely gets over the top. 
He could have about kicked it, I think, <laughs> that far. <laughs> well, on the uh, on the St. Louis side, things seem to be coming together for the Cardinals pretty good. Anytime you sweep the Dodgers, who's supposed to be the powerhouse of the NL West, you have to admit that that's pretty good to go. And, you know, Wong, uh, Colton Wong, the second baseman's catching fire pretty fast. Jose Martinez had a big day. Ozuna, even though he did his best impersonation of a horrible Spider-Man uh, uh, two days ago, he wasn't too bad uh, yesterday's game, really contributing a lot, Yadier Molina. And the, for me, the scary thing about the Cardinals, what I think a lot of people should be worried about if you have to play them, is all these people are, are getting hot. And Paul Goldschmidt will get there. He's seeing the ball incredibly well. And when he gets hot and you got Carpenter doing what he's doing right now, followed by Goldschmidt, followed by DeYoung, followed by Ozuna, uh, that's going to be... It's going to be a pretty hard lineup. When I, last time you and I talked, I didn't think much of I didn't think much was going to happen with Ozuna, but then he's of course made a liar out of me, hitting uh, I think four home runs now in the first twelve games. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the Cardinals starting pitching though. Man, that's what worries me. Wainwright had a bad outing, then he had a good outing, and now that we're going down to Mexico and everything, I'm curious to see how he handles the Reds. Um, go ahead. Yeah. See, and, and, and it's funny cause you mentioned a moment ago that you really felt like the reds have kind of been on top of the Cardinals here lately. Honestly, if you talk to reds fans, it's the opposite. Like we're looking at Ozuna and DeYoung always does like evil things to pitches that come out of Reds pitchers hands. Colton Wong usually kills us. And then of course the wonderful Yadier Molina, who is so beloved at great American ballpark and those guys coupled with Paul Goldschmidt. And then you've got the pitchers that are going on the mound. You know, I know that, um, Wainwright and Michaelis both have a little bit, you know, higher than normal ERAs, but of course, small sample size and all that good stuff. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you got Rourke and DeSclafani, who really, we're just hoping that they come out of the game only giving up like four runs or something like that. So we could see a lot of scoring this weekend. I, I am a little worried just how much Goldschmidt is going to eat on Saturday and Sunday. Well, I mean, let's let's just go ahead and face it. Now that you've said that and you're talking to me, Goldschmidt's <laughs> going to strike out every time. And that's the worrying thing about Goldschmidt right now. He is seeing the ball well. He's taking something like, like I think it's 4.8 pitches per plate appearance. And uh-huh. his whole thing is that if he doesn't hit a home run or if he doesn't walk, he strikes out. Hey, well, you know what? We're actually going to talk more about this uh, coming up in our next segment. This is Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. Special guest, uh, Jeffrey Carr uh, from the Locked On Reds podcast, a uh, friend of mine. And uh, you ought to listen to the show. Great show. Um, I don't personally cheer for the Reds, but if you do, you should check it out. It's some uh, good stuff going on over there. You can listen to his show or my show or any of the Locked On Podcast Network shows in the brand new Himalaya podcast app, Beautiful UI. Curated playlist, absolutely the way to go. More with uh, Jeff from Locked on Reds coming up in our next segment right here on Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Guys, when you're on deck and getting ready to step up to the plate, you got to be sure you're ready to swing for the fences. But if you're looking for that fastball, when you get a curve instead, that's where Blue Chew comes in. 
Blue Chew is the first chewable of its kind, with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity to swing for the fences arises. Now, listen, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping and handling. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it free. That promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Moose Michaels. Listen to us in the brand new Himalaya podcasting app, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. From the Locked On Reds podcast, Mr. Jeffrey Carr. Sir, how you doing? If I'm not currently eating a coney, I wish that I was eating a chili cheese coney. I wish I was in bed. We're recording this late at night. I've, I had to rock my son <laughs> to sleep before we got onto this, and uh, I've been wore out. Like, that kid's just going a million miles an hour. Right. So, um, we were just about to talk about Goldschmidt and his uh, strikeouts and either he, okay, there's, they say there's three true, out, three true outcomes in baseball, right, Jeff? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can get a hit. I think you can walk. You can strike out. Those things are, is that, is that what they are? I believe. Something like yeah, that. Something and then, like- um, you know, you, you can uh, bunt, as some people like to remind me on Twitter. And um, I think you can get hit by a pitch too, which I saw that I think Harrison Bader took a couple of those in this last series. Got some RBIs doing it too. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we get our runs. We don't, we don't actually hit the ball. We either walk or we get hit by a pitch and push (laughs) the other guy in. Um, Well, the point being Goldschmidt right now, and he's kind of fall. He hit, he's got, I think six of his eight, Six of his eight hits early on have all been home runs. You know, he's had a double here and there and a single, but for the most part, if he doesn't go yard and he doesn't walk, he's going to strike out. And it's a little bit concerning to me. You know, the Cardinals signed him to the big uh, five-year, reportedly $130 million deal. And uh, I know it's five years, but the Cardinals, for whatever reason, don't like to release the financial terms of their, uh, their agreements with players. And... You see that, and you really want him to get better. Because right now, they inexplicably, they're batting him in the two spot. And I know that uh, sometimes it happens with uh, Joey Votto. And Joey mm-hmm. Votto, by the way, is one of the reasons I'm excited about Paul Goldschmidt. Joey Votto, and I know he's kind of shown a little bit of decline last year, uh, but he's, he's aged very well as a first baseman. And, and Goldschmidt kind of has that same body type, the same uh, physicality about him. So, uh, you know, the things to be excited about. But at the same time, you know, he just gave this guy $26 million a year. They cheer his name. I bought his jersey. It's hanging on the back of my chair right now. And every time he comes up, you know, here lately, it's whiff, whiff, whiff. And I'm telling you, we're going to see. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm not being negative. 
I'm just telling you, when you think you've got, when you think you're going to be beat by the Cardinals, that's when they all suddenly go, it's okay, guys. It's okay. We're going to swing it crap outside the zone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts. I, I, I can honestly, from a homer, from a standpoint of a Reds fan, I can only hope that that happens. But I will admit, I did just look up, because I like this nerdy stuff, I did just look up Paul Goldschmidt on the good old baseballreference.com, and I noticed that for his career, the month that he strikes out in the most is April. And then actually, um, I think it's his lowest looking at it other than September and October. He has a 900 OPS for his career in the month of April with his lowest batting average of 282. But even that, I mean, when you, when I look at those numbers and I've always thought even back, you know, when he was playing with Arizona, all those years, I always thought that Goldschmidt and Joey Votto were very close as far as the way that they play, the way that they hit, the way they approach each at bat. And um, I'm really excited to see them. It's, it's nice at least from an entertainment standpoint to see them both in the same division because they're going to get to play each other a lot more now and you kind of get to see them side by side and I'm very excited to see that this weekend. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure and I I wish we had more games against the Reds in April. I think we got I think there's a home series against the Reds at the end of the month. But I mean, like like Milwaukee, Milwaukee is incredible right now, right? The mm-hmm. Cardinals the 10 Ten of their games against Milwaukee are all in April. For some I, weird reason, so when this people unbalanced scheduling, man, I'm telling you. Well, when they when people tell me, yeah, games in April don't matter. You okay? Sure, they don't. <laughs> when you when you have ten games against presumably the top of the division, uh, you got to make those matter. Speaking of uh, the other people in the division, you know, you and I have talked about the Cardinals and the Reds. What do you feel about uh, say the Cubs? currently um, hanging out near the basement and uh, are, they might actually be in the basement. Did the pirates beat him again? Um, that is a good question. Let's take a look. Don't see show prep people. This is what you got to do. <laughs> you got to show up, pull up, radio. Pull, up, pull up the handy at bat app. Um, They're in fourth place. Uh, Cincinnati and Chicago are tied four uh, eight. And uh, yeah, but their run differential is zero. The Reds yeah. to run differential is plus seven. Uh, Cardinals are tied for first place with Milwaukee, and uh, Pittsburgh's just hanging out in third. And they've scored a lot. That's the one thing with the Cubs that's throwing me is that, you know, and I even got the chance to talk, do a crossover with uh, Sean Sears and, and Ryan over there for the Cubs. And, um, they said that, you know, and, and I agreed with them that their pitching would be their strength. And obviously it's been the complete opposite. And really it was the same way with the Reds. Their pitching was their strength and their hitting was their weakness. And I'm like, by the end of the season, this is not going to be the case. But at the same token, there were some projection systems having the Cubs at the bottom. And you're almost kind of like, okay, who knew what and what did I not know? <laughs> With the Cubs in particular, I think it was Bakota had them sitting at fourth place, winning only like 79 games. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. Like when you see it, it's almost, it's almost like your system goes into shock. Like, what are you talking about? It's right. the they Cubs. Have way too much talent for that. But when you think about it, do they really? Right? It's possible. They, yeah. they, everyone, everyone's talked about uh, uh, Chris Bryant seems to be bouncing back, kind of. You know, he had the mm-hmm. bum shoulder last year. But look at Javi Baez. He's out there too, too worried about hot dogging it. 
You know, and the thing that drives me nuts <laughs> when they've been on ESPN or wherever else, Javi Baez is a defensive genius, right? As he just lets a fly ball drop like two feet in front of him, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, so I, I think they're probably not quite as good as people would want them to believe. That doesn't mean they're not good and doesn't mean they're not going to finish in second, third place, anything like that. But John Lester is, uh, he's kind of getting, he's, he's a bit older. Um, their bullpen could probably use a little bit of work. And I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here about him. But, you know, look at Anthony Rizzo. He didn't have the best year last year. Here's Brian, you know, Schwarber is, uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like it almost feels like the way the Cardinals or maybe the Reds were. Do you remember, do you remember when the Reds were, like, really good in, like, 2000, <laughs> yeah. 2009, 2010? They kind of took a break in 2011, and then they were back in, like, 12 and 13 and stuff. I remember that very well. Now, do you now do you remember kind of when it started going towards uh, spinning off and not being Wait. quite that good? They were still good, but you kind of knew, like, yeah, their window's done. Yeah, 2014, right around the trade deadline, they were, like, just a few games out of it, and everyone could kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit, but ownership was like, no, we're good. But instead of being a buyer or a seller, they stood pat, and that has basically defined the last five years for the you know the last four years of Reds baseball. But yeah, I I remember that very vividly. So for the Cardinals, for me, they had the, their one losing season since they've only had one losing season at all in this brand new millennium, and that was two thousand and seven, and that was the year when they decided at the end of it, okay. Jim, Jimmy Edmonds left, uh, Scott Rowland left. Uh, they got rid of like everybody that wasn't Albert Pujols, Albert, uh, Yadier Molina, or Adam Wainwright. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of where I feel like the Cubs are right now. You know, they, because in, in this era of extensions, you know, the, Paul Goldschmidt gets an extension. Um, you know, those two guys down there at the Braves get their big extensions. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, anybody and everybody's getting extensions except how come you think they haven't talked about Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant? Have you heard about those guys? I heard the last, at least what I known about Chris Bryant is that he still to this day holds a grudge with the way that they handled his service time. Well, that's just the business of baseball. I mean, you go on, if I was, if I was the owner of the GM of a team, you know, I, and I saw that. I would definitely want to get as much cheap baseball out of a guy like Chris Bryant as I could. Right, and it, it's it makes good business sense to do it. And it's interesting because you really haven't heard too many cases of this, and now Chris Bryant is definitely becoming the most prominent case. Is that, and I don't have like a specific source where I can cite this, but I've heard that he is just abrasive to any sort of idea of the Cubs approaching him with a deal. And it's funny because you see what the Braves are doing with their guys and you're thinking, how can the Cubs not get this done? But I wonder if, if that is a, a, a bigger factor than maybe what the rumors are suggesting. Well, I also kind of wonder too, if it's, it's not just that, but you, you think about the health reasons, you know, he says his shoulder is good now. Shoulder injuries aren't aren't any, aren't any fun. I mean, despite what Marcelo Zuna has been doing offensively lately, if you watch any Cardinals game, the guy can barely throw it to the infield. There's always like DeYoung or Carpenter always has to be there to catch it, always. 
He's not shooting lasers all the way to home plate like Harrison Bader or even Dexter Fowler. And when you get a bummed shoulder, he, the Cardinals aren't going to give Ozuna an extension. It's not going to happen. Right. It doesn't matter what he does. It's not going to happen. So I, I kind of have to wonder about that. Uh, real fast, uh, golly, time flies when we're doing these things. Um, <laughs> speaking of extensions, any word on what's going on with the Reds? Any extensions happening there? So far, no, there's a hot topic, and I'm going to explore it a little bit more. I want to do some deep dive and all that good stuff with it, but a lot of people are starting to chatter about Luis Castillo. I mean, he's had a really awesome start to the season, and you know, you don't want to beat people over the head with this concept, but small sample size, but in that small sample size, he has looked absolutely phenomenal. And people are saying, you know, they need to get in and extend him now. Then also you've got um, a couple of guys whose contracts are coming up at the end of the season, like Scooter Jeanette. And people want to see Yasiel Puig here for more than a year. We'll see kind of how that plays out. Obviously, July 31st, we'll have a lot to say about that. And then I think Jose Peraza will be the other guy to really keep an eye on and see because I feel like he has earned an extension. We'll just see how they play with it because the last I heard, and this is a ballpark number, but yeah, pun intended there, but um, the Reds have about 65 million between all of the one year guys coming off of the current payroll that they currently have. So they've got a lot of money to work with, and it's not as if you know money's going to be a huge factor here. It just depends on what they have planned because obviously the big lightning rod as far as contract extensions go is Scooter because there's some fans that are just like, no, we need to move on from him. There's some fans who say, no, we need to keep him. And, I mean, I, I think I fall somewhere in the middle, but we'll see how it all plays out. Well, is Joey Votto the only, only one left from those teams we just talked about from the uh, early 2010s and the late 2000s? Uh, yeah. yeah man, yes, that's... he is because, yeah, yeah, I mean, you go down the lineup and just about everyone has come in from one of those trades, you know, like the Todd Frazier's and the Jay Bruce's, which, man, I was I was at a game the other day and we, a buddy of mine, we were recapping some of those trades and it was depressing because they made some bad trades with guys. But um, to see like the Shebler, Shebler and Peraza came over in one deal from the Dodgers. So, yeah, it's it's just him. How many how many years are left on that deal? He is out in, or not out. The deal's up, I think, in 2023. Holy cow, that's still a long time to go. Yeah, they signed him for a long time. Yeah, and now I think, I think was, about it, that was like a 13-year extension or something, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they were like, we don't want you leaving anywhere. <laughs> now he'll be a red for life. Well, uh, and real quickly, our final thing. So two-game series, what do you think is going to happen? Monterey, Mexico, Reds, Cardinals. What's your call? I think... Uh, Let's see, gun in my head, I'm going to say they split. I think the Reds take the first game, and then the Cardinals will take the second game. Because Miles Michaelis really just tore up the Reds last year. So I'm, I don't know if anything has changed from then to now. So um, I could see, but I think they're both going to be close games. See, I think they're both going to be close games, and I also, I'm also predicting a split. But I'm actually thinking Adam Wainwright's going to have another good start. 
and I think okay. he's I think he's going to strike out like twelve Reds, and then Michaelis yeah. is going to come in the next day, and he's going to give up something like seven runs in four innings. It's going to be crazy. That's one thing that has been the early going. I know that at least coming into today, the Pirates led the league in ERA, and that's because they played the Reds for five games already so or no yeah six games already so that's you know you pitch against the reds a lot good things are going to happen to you at least (laughs) early going in 2019 neither one of us is cynical about our teams early on though no no way not at all all right jeff uh, thank you so much Uh, it's jeffrey carr from locked on reds part of the locked on podcast network and a real quick plug for your show uh what do you got coming up tomorrow or today i should say Today, I've actually got an interview with Reds beat writer for the Athletic C. Trent Rosecrans. Uh, we talk about a number of different things, a couple of new guys on the team. And then also, I got a quick recap and a quick uh, celebration, kind of opposite of the cynical thinking here <laughs> recently, but uh, the celebration of the three-game sweep over the Marlins. So definitely check that out if you're a Reds fan. It's uh, uh, on all the major podcasting platforms. Absolutely. And you can uh, listen to his podcast or my podcast on uh, the brand new Himalaya podcast tab. You can also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that you listen to your uh, favorite shows. So until next time, you drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.